Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Patty Atkins disappeared on June 29, 2001. When a person disappears without a trace, often the most critical information is hidden in their actions and words from the days before they vanished. Patty Atkins' last known whereabouts may hold the clues to what happened to her. Single mom Patty Atkins vanishes in the middle of the night, and her family fears the worst. I trusted Patty that she knew this man. You don't think the worst is going to happen. You don't think that's the last time that you're going to speak to your little sister. Investigators piece together a disturbing picture of her life. There's something wrong here. It just makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. She had said there can't be any paper trail of the money. But will detectives get the break they need to unravel the mystery? We checked airlines. We checked passports. We found no evidence of her just taking off. Patty's loved ones wait for some sign of her, hoping it's not too late. I don't think she would run away. Nothing would keep her from her daughter. There's no one who could convince me of that. June 29th, 2001. It's the Friday before July 4th in Marysville, Ohio, about 35 miles north of Columbus. 29-year-old Patty Atkins is looking forward to the week-long vacation known as shutdown at the Honda factory where she works as an assembly line team leader. They always shut down the week of 4th of July, and she was supposed to be going away on a trip with a co-worker. Her sisters remember Patty describing plans to go to Canada with an employee Patty says she has been involved with for a couple of years. She told me he really wants to take me up there. It's really pretty and, you know, it'll just be our chance to be away from everything. She was excited about her trip with uh, her boyfriend. She was head over heels in love with this man. Patty has worked as a Honda associate, as employees are called, since she was 19. One of the few women on the assembly line, she's hoping to get a promotion in the next few months. 
Patty loved working at Honda. She had started at the bottom and worked her way up. Patty was good with people. She was excited about a test that she was taking to advance. She was ready for the next level of uh, leadership. When Patty isn't working, she dotes on her seven-year-old daughter, McKaylee. For a birthday party, she had a slumber party, and Patty would dance with them and just have fun with her, snuggle with her. I can't think of anything she wouldn't have done for her. She adored her. She adored her, loved her, loved her so much. And then Michaela adored her mom just as much as her mom adored her. Patty loved being a mother, and I loved seeing her smile when she looked at Michaela. Her sister Marsha recalls Patty planning the future she would build for McKaylee with the new man in her life. She had talked to me about where they would live and that they'd talked about wanting more kids. Patty, the youngest of five siblings, wasn't known to fall for guys easily. Patty was independent. She was not one of those people who was never okay without a boyfriend. She wasn't willing to give up time with her daughter. It was uncharacteristic of her to be that trusting of a man. That Friday, June 29th, in preparation for her trip, Patty brings McKaylee to stay with her ex-husband. She was supposed to leave Friday night right after work. I was to get my niece Wednesday, and then Patty would be coming to my house to pick up McKaylee on Sunday, July 8th, around noon. Before heading to her 3.30 to midnight shift at Honda, Patty brings her pets to the vet to be boarded for the week. Since she and Marsha usually speak every day, Patty calls her sister one last time before her trip. She was supposed to be going to a remote part of Canada, not in phone service area, so she wouldn't be able to call. She left me a message and said, I'll try to stop on the road, but if I don't talk to you, you know, I'll just see you on Sunday. Kiss, kiss, I love my sis. That's just a thing my sister and I always said to each other. Kiss, kiss, I love my sis. That's how we said goodbye to each other. It's the last shift before the week-long vacation. Patty has told her sister that she plans to drive straight from work to a cabin in Canada with her boyfriend in his pickup truck. When the shift ends, hundreds of Honda associates dash out of work, eager to begin their vacations. At 19 seconds past midnight, Patty Atkins clocks out of her shift and disappears. On Sunday, July 8th at noon, while McKaylee is playing, Marsha expects Patty to pick her up after the trip to Canada but Patty doesn't arrive. Hi, called her house and left a message on the answer machine. That was around 12.30. When she didn't pick up, I guess I was just thinking they were running late. Marsha is puzzled. It's not like Patty to be late without calling. Called again at 1, 1.30, half hour increments that turned into 15 minute increments that turned into five minute increments. I was calling my sister, just repeat dialing. More time passed. I kept calling her house. She still didn't answer. Marsha begins to worry. She calls the man Patty had said she was going away with. A woman answers the phone. It's not Patty. Did Patty ever make it to Canada? I said, what did you do to her? I can't believe you're saying you don't know her. Just after midnight on Friday, June 29, 2001, Patty Atkins clocks out at the Honda factory in Marysville, Ohio, 
and vanishes. Patty had arranged to pick up her seven-year-old daughter, McKaylee, from her sister Marsha's house on Sunday, July 8th. When Patty doesn't arrive, Marsha calls her house. After a couple of hours, Marsha finally calls the man Patty said she was going away with. When a woman picks up the phone, Marsha isn't surprised. She knows it's the man's wife. Patty had told me about someone who she was talking to at work, how much she liked, you know, talking to him. He was so funny and things like that. And then spilled the beans that he was married, you know, that he had a wife and kids. And I was like, oh, no, no, you don't want that. Marsha remembers Patty describing why she felt so strongly about continuing a relationship with this married man. Their relationship was more to her, like this soulmate thing, being able to talk to him and tell him anything. All she ever talked about is they would just have these long talks and could make her laugh. I think she thought that they would actually be married. To me, she had plans of a future with him. From the information that he had given her, she didn't think she was breaking up a good thing. She thinks she's, you know, she just happened to come in on something that was bad. It was going to break up anyways. I don't think if they had a good marriage, Patty would have pursued it. Patty's sisters made it clear they didn't approve of her seeing a married man. I told her I thought she was being naive. People get played all the time. You know, they always say they're going to leave their wives and they don't. And you're just the mistress. But she felt like she had this incredible connection with him. Marcia and Janine began to realize that talking their strong-willed little sister out of this romance was a losing battle. I recall myself saying, you know, well, if he's having an affair with you, what makes you think he's not going to do the same thing to you? And, you know, oh, he loves me and he wouldn't do that to me. She had already made up her mind and I just let it go, decided not to be judgmental. She just basically brushed me off as you just don't know him. But she knew better that I should trust her judgment. Patty's vision of a future with her soulmate led her to give him more than just her heart, as her friends and family would soon learn. In July of 2000, one year before Patty disappears, she visited her sister Janine in Miami, Florida. Patty had just recently told Janine she was involved with this married co-worker when she revealed more surprising news on their way to get him a gift at the Hard Rock Cafe. She wanted to get him a t-shirt from the Hard Rock. And then she started talking more about their future plans together, that he owned a business with his brother-in-law and he was going to sell his share and it wouldn't be in his name any longer. And that's when he was going to ask his wife for a divorce. And that way she would have no rights to his business. According to Janine, it was then that Patty shared how she was helping make a future with this man a reality. Patty told me that she had given him a lot of money. She had already given him maybe $20,000 so that he could pay off the business sooner. And that way they could be together sooner. Janine tried cautioning Patty, who had been building a nest egg for about 10 years. I questioned her about that. She's like, oh, yeah, but he'll give me the money back after the divorce. You know, Patty was always pretty good with her money, and it sounded like she had a plan. So I didn't push any further. Patty's family knew well that she could be as generous as she was strong-willed. It was shocking the amount of money she was helping him out with, but it was totally characteristic of Patty to, to help somebody out. To Patty, relationships were, were more important than any materialistic things. Once she decided she loved him... You know, I think she's willing to do anything for him. When Marsha learned about the loan, she was less diplomatic about her concern. What do you mean you're loaning him money? How much money? Are you crazy? You've worked all this time for to save all this money, you know, and worked so hard for it. 
For every red flag Marsha tried raising, she only heard Patty respond with faith in her happily ever after. Said to her, how's he going to pay all of that back? And she just said he has to start gradually paying it back. Kind of how she had lent it to him, you know, not in one big lump sum. She had said he had to start paying that money back in July. Hours after Patty is supposed to walk through Marsha's front door, and more than a week after she clocked out of her Honda shift, Marsha is asking the wife of her sister's co-worker if he's home. I just said that I was inquiring about his business as something that I needed as a potential customer. She said he'd be back later in the afternoon. I thought that that was a good thing because that just meant they weren't back yet. Marsha calls around to Patty's friends, but no one has heard from her. By five o'clock, Marsha is desperate to find Patty. She tries calling the man again. This time, he picks up. But Marsha is stunned by what she says she hears. I said, where's my sister? I said, I mean, Patty, my sister, you know, you guys went away. And he got quiet and got a little bit, I don't know how to describe, just different. Like, um, Patty, oh, you mean from Honda? And like, you know, just kind of vague. And I said, yes. And he goes, well, you know, I, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. Just stuttering, stammering. I said, what did you do to her? Because I, I, she left with you. I know she was leaving with you. I can't believe you're saying you don't know her. And then I panicked. After hearing the man deny any relationship with Patty, Marsha is haunted by concerns she'd had all along about the trip to Canada. I recall saying that I just really didn't like not being able to hear from her for a whole week. It just didn't sit well with me. Something didn't seem right about it. Marsha calls her sister Janine, who is visiting their mom in Indiana. She was really worried. I could hear the concern in her voice. She's like, Jeannie, Patty hasn't called. It was very unlike Patty. Patty always called to speak to McKaylee the moment she got back. Since their mother is within earshot, Janine has to break the news about Patty. I told my mom that Patty hadn't been seen, that we think she was missing told mom what I knew, that she was supposed to go away with her boyfriend to Canada, and uh, she knew immediately it wasn't right. And to see your mother learn that news firsthand, the look on her face. I was bawling, and I was sobbing and couldn't even talk, and my husband was trying to find out what was wrong with me because I was outside because I didn't want to upset my niece. At about 7 p.m. on the day Patty was to have picked up McKaylee, her sister, Marsha, calls the Marysville Police Department to report her sister missing. At three o'clock in the morning, sleepless with worry, Marsha calls the man again. I basically said to the wife that I was Patty's sister. She was supposed to go away with your husband. She's been loaning him money over the past two years. She maybe spoke to me for about 15 minutes and then gave the phone to him. He was like, what? what makes you think that I knew your sister so well? And I just gave him details, you know, things she had said about the trip, gifts she had bought him. I knew that he had a motorcycle, you know, I knew all about his business, knew about his wife, knew about his kids, all these things. He would just ask questions, probing questions. In hindsight, I think they wanted to see how much I knew. In the moment, Marsha can't fully take in what's happening. It's three o'clock in the morning, I cried for probably 
10 hours straight. So I wasn't really thinking, why, why is he asking me this? Later the next day, I was thinking about it. I had a conversation for 45 minutes with this guy and his wife. Why did they stay on the phone with me? Because I sure wouldn't. After hearing the man's denial of any relationship with Patty, Marsha clings to the hope that police will find some evidence linking him to her sister's disappearance. I don't think she would run away. Nothing would keep her from her daughter. There's no one who could convince me of that. Investigators close in on the crucial moment Patty may have disappeared. They thought that that was different because Patty was always the last one to leave. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. In July of 2001, Patty Atkins never arrives to pick up her young daughter, McKaylee. Patty is supposed to be returning from a week in Canada with a married co-worker. After Patty's sister, Marsha, files a missing persons report with the Marysville police, Detective Jeff Styers and Lieutenant Jamie Patton from the Union County Sheriff's Office begin working Patty's case. When searching her house for clues, Investigators find nothing that indicates what may have happened to Patty. Nothing was torn up to uh, suggest any sort of foul play. The uh, doors were locked, um, car was in the garage. It appeared that in her closets, in her drawers, all her clothes was there. It told me that whether she walked away or it was foul play, I don't think it happened here. 
At this point, we had a missing persons report and we didn't know what we had as far as if a crime had been committed. We took some financial records and Patty's computer for processing. Detective Styers interviews Patty's colleagues at Honda, including the team members who worked with Patty the night she disappeared. That day, she uh, had talked to everybody on her line and made it very clear that she wanted the area cleaned up and everything done so she could leave at midnight. In talking with the associates there, they thought that that was different because Patty was always the last one to leave. I met nobody that was able to tell me that they'd ever seen Patty leave first. So, so this, was a, this was different. At midnight, everything was cleaned up. She left the line and was one of the first ones to punch the time clock. She went down the tunnel, she clocked out, got to the top of the stairs. That was the last time she was seen. When Styers questions associates, he learns Patty was sometimes seen talking with the married coworker. They didn't think much about it because in her role as a team leader, it wasn't uncommon for Patty to walk around and talk to people. There was no flirtation around this coworker and reported when talking with the associates. But detectives get a different picture from a friend of Patty's at Honda. Since the friend doesn't want her name revealed, we'll call her Jane. Jane says Patty confided in her about her relationship with the married coworker. Patty didn't talk about her personal life a whole lot, except for her close friends. Her friend said that Patty had told her she was being very quiet about this because the guy was married. Not many people knew the details. Investigators learn that Patty only mentioned getting together with this man a handful of times outside of work. It appears to be an emotional relationship between the two of them because if it was physical, there wasn't a lot of it going on. They met, I think, two or three times. If they met more, she didn't tell anybody about it. The relationship between the two of them is kind of a mystery. Patty's friend Jane recalls how happy Patty seemed whenever she'd visit the married man on the line, especially as the trip drew closer. It was the same excitement Marcia had seen in her sister. For Marcia, it was clear this trip held greater meaning for Patty than just a relaxing vacation. In Patty's eyes, it was sort of the beginning of them getting to actually be together. Up to that time, they really didn't spend lots of time together other than seeing each other at work and a handful of times maybe outside of work. She thought if he was willing to spend a week with her up in Canada that he must really mean it. He's, he's going to follow through with this. If he's willing to take me and not her and the kids, then he's telling her the truth. He was going to leave his wife. She believes him. So she was excited. As investigators interview Patty's closest friends and family, they learn that Patty's sisters, her best friend, and Jane were the only people whom Patty told about the trip to Canada. These few confidants tell detectives that the trip Patty described involved some surprising arrangements. Patty told her sister Marcia that she wasn't supposed to pack any clothes. Supposedly they were going to buy all their stuff there, and I was like, well, if it's so remote, where are you going to buy anything? You know, what about food? Where are you going to sleep? She couldn't even give me a location. Just it was a remote place in Canada. Jane recalls Patty's excitement about the trip as they drove to work that Friday. Patty rode to work with her, leaving her vehicle at home, which she typically did not do. She typically drove herself to work. And the plan was that she would leave after work with this male friend. 
Jane says that the alleged boyfriend would use a service truck from his business for the trip. Then, investigators get an important lead. When shift was over, she was going to clock out just a couple minutes earlier than usual so she could sneak into his truck in the back bed of the truck. The key to the plan involved something called a tonneau cover, a sturdy cloth that fits over the bed of a pickup truck. Jane tells authorities the same story as Janine, describing how Patty was to hide in the bed of the truck while her married coworker drove a carpool buddy home after work. Patty was to get underneath that tonneau cover so that her co-worker's friend did not know that she was in the back of the truck. Once he dropped off his friend, she was to join him in the front end of the pickup truck and they were going to go off to Canada. Jane believes that Patty considered hiding in the truck to be part of the excitement of their secret trip, trusting they'd be spending their lives together. Patty's sister Janine remembers her reaction to the plan. That struck me as odd, but she seemed happy and I didn't want to squash it. I trusted Patty that she knew this man. You don't think the worst is going to happen. You don't think that's the last time that you're going to speak to your little sister. While the sheriff's team look into all possible leads, they now believe it's unlikely that Patty vanished on her own. We checked airlines, we checked passports, and we found no evidence of her just taking off. Out of all the people that we spoke to, no one, no one mentioned her, you know, wanting to leave. With Patty's loved ones telling detectives about her travel plans with the married man, as well as the loans and gifts she described giving him, investigators head out to interrogate him and search his property. All friends of Patty's gave us the same information, not knowing that they had given us the same information. And so that's what made them Incredible. Adding all those things up, the money, the relationship, it just, it just makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck that there's something wrong here. A mother just doesn't leave her daughter and run off. Is it possible? Has there been cases of mothers running off and leaving their daughters? Sure. But with all the other factors that we're looking at, good job, promotion, she loved her daughter, it just didn't, it just didn't add up. Police may be closing in on finding Patty. The dogs kind of went nuts over the concrete. That made me hopeful, sick, but hopeful. On July 13, 2001, two weeks after Patty Atkins is last seen, investigators head out to search the property of the married man Patty said she'd been seeing. Detective Jeff Styers knows that investigators need to verify key information and evidence identified by Patty's friends and family. We knew about the trip to Canada, all the money, the items that she had purchased for this coworker, such as a Hard Rock Cafe t-shirt. What we were looking for when we went there was anything that would link the co-worker to Patty. When authorities arrive at the man's home, he consents to a search of his property, as well as the business he co-owns in another town. While Lieutenant Patton and other officers head to the business with the man, 
Detective Steyer stays at the house to search the property and interview his wife. She did not seem to have any knowledge of Patty Atkins. She denied him having an affair with Patty, said that it wasn't, it wasn't possible. You know, he goes to work and he comes home after work every night. The wife tells police her husband came home the night Patty disappeared at about 2.30 a.m. She says he was home that week, doing projects around their property with a friend. As police begin searching, the man's wife leads them to a potential clue. It looks like the gift Patty got for the man in Miami. We found the Hard Rock Cafe t-shirt. I don't believe the wife knew where that t-shirt came from. Investigators' suspicions are heightened. They expand the search. We brought in a canine, a cadaver dog, and we used that dog to search the property for Patty's body. Suddenly, the dog begins indicating near some freshly poured concrete by the house garage. Once that dog alerts, there's a possibility that a body had been laid here or is buried here. According to the man's wife, it was leftover concrete from a construction project during shutdown week. Police send for a backhoe to begin digging up the spot. That made me hopeful, sick, but hopeful. As much as it sickened me to think of her under there, I wanted her to be found because then it would move the process forward a step because you just feel like you're in this constant standstill. Meanwhile, investigators at the man's business have been questioning him about Patty. Outside of knowing her at work, he denied any relationship whatsoever with her. He denied having any plans whatsoever to leave out of town with her. He denied accepting any money from her, and he indicated he was happily married and he had no plans of getting a divorce. According to the man, the Friday that Patty was last seen, he left Honda around midnight with his friend, picked up some fast food, dropped his friend off, and went home. The friend later corroborates his story. Just as his wife tells Detective Stiers, the man says he was nowhere near Canada during shutdown week. He worked mostly around the house all that week until that, that Thursday. He went fishing with a couple buddies, but he didn't go out of town any great distance. He also denies knowing any remote cabin in Canada, leaving investigators unable to pinpoint an area where they might search for Patty. Finally, detectives ask the man about receiving any gifts from Patty. He denied anything, but then later indicated he may have uh, received a birthday card from her. The man tells detectives that he ripped up the birthday card, thinking his wife might become jealous. Given that the man tells police he really didn't know Patty, Lieutenant Patton is intrigued by this detail. I just don't all of a sudden get a birthday card from, you know, somebody at work unless, you know, we're really good friends. Maybe the unit goes together and, you know, gives a birthday card, but individual birthday card in a plant of around 4,000 employees, I would think that would be a little odd if there wasn't more to it. Investigators spot the business's pickup truck which Patty had said would be used for the trip to Canada. When we went to the business and we seen the truck, it had the equipment for a tonneau cover, but it was not on the vehicle, so that we knew that we had to search for it. The man directs authorities to a storage loft 
where they find the rolled-up cover. When questioned about it, the man says he ordered the cover a few days before the shutdown holiday began, then picked it up June 29th, the Friday that Patty was last seen. June 29th, he picked it up early that morning and installed it on his truck. Approximately a week later, the, t the tonneau cover was taken off and then stored and never put back on the truck after July 6th. The man tells investigators he'd ordered the tonneau cover to protect his fishing gear. But investigators are curious about the short time span of the cover's use. It didn't make sense for him to install it and not leave it on. They're not cheap. They're a couple hundred dollars. The manager at the business tells investigators he specifically noticed the arrival of the cover. It had seemed like a strange choice to him. His service manager indicated that he was surprised that he had purchased this tonneau cover because of what they use that truck for. So they run parts, they run radiators, and they, they haul stuff on it. So it really didn't make sense putting that tonneau cover on that truck. Authorities take the cover in for forensics testing. They would look for any trace evidence on the tonneau cover, any foreign type material that's not supposed to be there. Hair fibers, bodily fluid, um, saliva, um, are some examples. Back at the man's house, police have dug a hole in the concrete slab where the cadaver dog detected the possible presence of human remains. We got the call and they didn't find anything. There was no sign of her. That was disappointing. It's like back to square one. No answers, more frustration. The search effort expands as law enforcement sends teams across several counties to find Patty. We conducted organized searches with Honda, Marysville Police Department, the Sheriff's Office. We also had volunteers on foot searching. It was a large area. Patty's family, desperate to find any sign of her, also assembled search parties. We went up and down railroad tracks and tree lines, creeks and trails, little country roads, cornfields, went through lots of fields, just random places, hot days, lots of bug bites. It's like looking for a needle in a haystack, literally. With no sign of Patty, and the man she called her soulmate denying any affair with her, forensic evidence may be the only way investigators can confirm whether Patty got into his truck that night. Coming up, Investigators find evidence that might finally connect Patty with her married coworker. It puts, in our mind, Patty in that truck under that tonneau cover. Patty Atkins' family and loved ones believe the man she said she was having an affair with may be responsible for her disappearance. Investigators searching his business locate the truck covering under which Patty was supposed to have hidden for a secret trip to Canada. Now, as detectives wait for forensic lab results, they review Patty's financial records for some sign of the thousands of dollars in loans her friends and family say she'd been making to him investigators find significant withdrawals from her accounts. 
$30,000 taken out of her 401k, $25,000 on a second mortgage, cash advances out on her credit cards. She cashed in stock. From around 2000 until 2001, roughly about a year, year and a half, 90,000 is exactly what we could show she took out. Yet while authorities can document the money Patty liquidated, when they examine the man's accounts, there's no evidence he received this money from her. We can show she pulled the money out, but we can't track it from that point on. I had one time said to her, you know, do you have any kind of proof of it? Or are you keeping like a promissory note? She had said, no, we can't actually sign something because if she finds out, then she'll know and then he's gonna call it off. So there can't be any paper trail. With still no solid evidence linking Patty to the married coworker, detectives wait for forensic results from the tonneau cover. In the meantime, search teams continue canvassing the area for any leads on the 29-year-old single mom's whereabouts. Patty Atkins has been missing for five weeks when the crime lab contacts investigators with a key lead. Blood was found to be on the underneath side of the tonneau cover, along with cat hairs. Now, detectives need DNA analysis of the blood and cat hair to see if this trace evidence could have come from Patty and her pets. Investigators speculate the cat hair could have rubbed off of Patty's clothing. They send the hair sample to a lab in Texas, one of the few that tests animal DNA. While scientists evaluate the evidence, Patty's family wrestles with questions about what may have happened to her. Nighttime comes and you try to go to sleep and thoughts start racing in. It's just a, a crushing pain. Like somebody's squeezing your heart and they won't let go. You know, just thinking, oh, if you could just get so lucky and actually find something. Finally, investigators get a break in the case. The lab down in Texas was able to confirm that some of the hairs taken from the tonneau cover matched Patty's cats. There's a short winter of opportunity that, that that tarp's even on the truck. And then it's rolled up and stored above his office area. So how do you explain Patty's cat hair on the bottom of that tonneau cover? It puts, in our mind, Patty in that truck under that tonneau cover. For Patty's family, the news brings bittersweet consolation. My first reaction was that we had some hard evidence, you know, besides just the, the hearsay that she had plans with him, that she had a relationship with him. Patty was in the back of that truck, and he definitely knows something that, you know, he's not telling the police. Investigators and the Union County Prosecutor's Office consider Patty's married coworker to be their main person of interest in what they believe is a homicide case. Meanwhile, investigators have been working to determine whether the blood found on the tonneau cover could be Patty's. The crime lab tells detectives that the blood sample is tiny, just a speck. How it was described to me is if you would kill a mosquito, the amount of blood that you're going to get out of a mosquito is the amount of blood that was found on the tonneau cover. Unfortunately, forensic says this presents a problem. If that sample was tested, it would consume the entire sample. The crime lab advises Union County Prosecuting Attorney David Phillips that DNA testing on the blood sample might not give conclusive results. 
the technicians contacted law enforcement, contacted our office and said, wait, hopefully the forensic technology will enable us to test it with a much higher degree of confidence. And so we've waited. Since forensics technology is constantly evolving, the prosecutor agrees to hold off on testing and wait for more advanced methods. We could present the case to grand jury, ask them to consider is there sufficient evidence, but you can only try someone once. And so if we found the evidence at a later date, if the evidence showed, yes, that was her blood, we'd never get another opportunity. Several months after Patty goes missing, Marsha has a candid conversation with Patty's daughter, McKaylee. She asked me, do you think mommy died? I said, you know, I think mommy's in heaven. I think that's the only thing that would keep your mommy from you. It's sad. It's sad to think she's lost her mom. That moment crystallizes the sinking feeling Marsha and Patty's family have had since that Sunday in July. From the moment he told me he didn't know her, I never had any hope that my sister was going to be found alive. The fact that she didn't come get her daughter to me was the sign that she was dead. There was nothing that would have kept her from her daughter. I feel like there's something that you should have done to protect your baby sister. She was always there for other people. And we felt like we should have been there for her. While Patty's family hoped for a resolution to her case, cherished memories may be their only comfort. My sister used to call me at midnight to be the first one to wish me happy birthday. So it would be like 12.01 and my phone would ring. Sometimes I think I wait for my phone to ring. I want to hear her say, kiss, kiss, I love my sis again. Anyone who has a sister they're close to, it's more than losing your sister. It's like losing a best friend. Now, years after the speck of blood is found on the tonneau cover, the wait may finally have paid off. Every so often we call the lab, and recently we have learned that technology is just around the corner. It's going to be very soon that that test can be done without consuming that entire sample. Forensics might soon confirm whether the blood is Patty's, possibly linking the married coworker to her disappearance. Meanwhile, the sheriff's office still pursues every lead that comes in, hoping to bring some peace to Patty's family. Patty's daughter is now 16 years old, no doubt has many, many questions and wonders what happened to mom. As an investigator, as a father, you know, I would love to give those answers to her. Watching McKaylee grow up over the years has been a joy. She's a really good heart, just like her mom, very loving. I know my sister would be so proud of her, and I tell her that all the time, how proud her mommy would be of her. Ultimately, her loved ones know that Patty will live on by inspiring those she left behind. She had the biggest heart of anyone I knew. I just try to have a heart like Patty did for my friends and my family. That was the best thing about Patty was her heart.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.